Thank you very much. That was great, great reminder. Christmas is coming, isn't it? And singing some of those songs that we usually don't get a chance to sing very often, right out of the hymn book. All right, I just passed the baton here to Colin. He's trying to figure out what that's all about, but <clears throat> preach, pray, or die in a moment's notice at NBBI. And uh, so uh, maybe you could give us a little testimony of what's been happening. I'm going to pray, and that'll give you a few minutes to think. And um, <clears throat> that's always good. And uh, it's great to hear from these guys and gals uh, that are out and about and uh, just to hear how God is working in their life. And uh, it's really cool, isn't it? And to be part of it. And I hope that we'll get to the place, folks, where on any Sunday night I could walk up to your aisle and hand you the baton. What do you think? Ready for that? <clears throat> All of a sudden, I see an exodus on Sunday nights. Um, don't worry, it's not going to happen next week. The week after? No, I'm not sure. No. Uh, I won't embarrass you in any way, but we want to get used to. Folks, do, are we enjoying our relationship with God? One of the things that I find is when you enjoy something, you kind of like to share it. Usually. Is that true? 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 Good. Well, then that will mean you'll be ready next week then. <clears throat> Something about, I don't know, it's, it's like stage fright and whatever else that goes into all of this stuff. Um, <clears throat> I was reading uh, the news this afternoon, and, and there was this one article that caught my attention, didn't have time to read it, but it was talking about stage fright. Do you know who has had tremendous problems with stage fright? the number one preacher in North America as far as attendance goes in his church, Joel Osteen. And if you've ever listened to him, I'm not recommending that you do, uh, <clears throat> you would think, wow, what happened to him? Well, if he can get over it, I guess anybody can. But the problem that I find when it comes to sharing my faith is that sometimes I'm just not ready. Like, I haven't thought about it. I haven't, I, you know, it's kind of priming the pump a little bit. Aren't you glad we don't have those old pumps? We used to have to pour the water in and just keep priming and priming and priming and priming and priming. And sometimes that's the way it seems on a Sunday night when we do testimonies. We've got to prime the pump, keep priming and priming. I'm priming this guy down here, giving him plenty of time to think through what he wants to say, right? Um, but it ought to be just right on the very tip of our lip. Shouldn't it? We know it should, but sometimes when we get bumped, that's the furthest thing that comes from our lip. Those are some of the things that we're working on together, right? You okay with that? And I think that, you know, on a Sunday night, it's just us, and it gives us an opportunity to share some of the things that God is doing in our lives. Before we have Colin come, though, I'd like to spend a few minutes in prayer. I want to ask you a question. How should we be praying for this particular week, and especially as it relates to Wednesday night? How should we pray tonight and in the next few days? Somebody <clears throat> should say the weather. If you haven't been by Beverly's office lately, we have now given her a new title. 
She's not just the secretary of the church. She's the storm tracker. Okay, so we got that one down. What else? How else should we be praying? This ought to help all of us. You might want to write down some of these things. Amen? Two different people, two different occasions this week within 24 hours of the other person. They fall, they've fallen aground. And they both said that they felt that the world received them better than their church. I think that's a good prayer. That people will see Jesus in us. Now, folks, we're not going to be perfect. Can't be perfect, right? They hung the only one that was perfect. However, there ought to be a difference, right? (laughs) Very good. How else can we pray? Yeah, let's be praying for the students and the teachers and all that goes on because there is a flu virus coming this way. I, I, sorry, I read the news this afternoon. And it's the one that's not carried by the flu vaccine that all of you had, right? So we're unprotected this year. They goofed. Just letting you in on that. So let's be praying for help. Anything else? Boldness. Yeah, there is going to be a number of children that are going to be making presentations, solos and words that are going to need to be heard. And some of the children that are going to be making the statement, their parents are going to be sitting here, and we're not really sure where the parents are. And out of the mouth of babes, the word of God is going to be presented. Boldness. Boldness for you. Ready for this one? Homework assignment. You need to connect with at least three people who you do not know that night. Got that one? And how do you connect with them is more than just bumping into them because you probably will with all 300 people in here. We're going to be bumping into people. But connect. Do like what you do. You do it well. You did it to us when we came in here. You made us feel so welcome, like we were part of your family before it ever started. You put the first foot forward. You introduced yourself with your name. You smiled. There was a firm handshake. There was all that stuff that we know that we need to do. Let's be bold. However, are you equipped? (laughs) Maybe. You can really get bold and ask somebody, have they read the Christmas narrative this year? Folks, we can take this to a different level, bless you, if we are prepared and sensitive to the leading of the Spirit of God. Anything else? That God would add to the church. 
You mean to say that somebody could get saved at a, at a Christmas event? I would hope so. And I've listened to the presentation, and it's clear. The gospel's all over it. Because it doesn't make any difference. Wherever you go around the world, it's the same gospel. Anything else? That the people that we've invited won't find excuses not to come. Uh, maybe you might want to retrace some of your steps and just, hello, reminder call. I don't know if you feel that's necessary. Anything else? Prepared hearts when they come in. Excellent. That God is already working in their hearts. Some of these people that are going to be coming in, us, really, I mean, even me, you, right? We need to have a prepared heart when we walk into the building. Excellent. Any other ways that we can pray? Now, I'm not going to pray for all of those things because you know what? Jesus heard every one of those things. Did he not? That is our prayer. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Are you looking forward to Wednesday night? If only 20 people show up, better be more than that because there's more than 20 people here. It doesn't make any difference, the number. It has everything to do with God and what he wants to do in the hearts and lives using us. Is that a long enough prayer? Come on up, sir. Give us a couple minutes. Tell us what's been happening in your life. You don't mind doing this, do you? That's too bad. You don't have a choice. stress with exams and stuff coming up and um, just all that kind of stuff. And a part um, of the book, um, chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in every, er, the sorry. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Um, 
with everything going on, uh, having to study, have to stay on top of um, assignments and being ready for exams and the tests and then everything going on uh, in my personal life as well as um, in my kind of extracurricular life, it's very easy for um, me, and I think I'm saying this for everybody, it's very easy for us to get kind of weighed down and we worry. And we worry about what tomorrow holds. We worry about are we going to be able to make that deadline with this assignment or am I going to be able to make the next payment of the bills or stuff like that. Um, and this verse kind of jumped out to me and it said, you know, don't, don't worry for stuff, but pray. Keep that relationship with God. Be strong in your faith and rely on him to meet those needs. Um, and I think, and especially for me uh, recently, my faith being, you know, kind of tested a little bit, those times where I said to myself, it's not about what I'm dealing with, it's how God is working through what I'm dealing with to reach other people. Um, and I know that, that has been really, really uh, prominent. Um, it's just been so cool, um, again, realizing that it's not about me and what I'm going through, but it's about how God can give me that peace and how God can work through the circumstances. Um, I know, and I know I'm kind of sidetracking a little bit here, um, last weekend at the funeral, it was very, very clearly made or clearly said to the pastor who was doing it that we didn't want this just to be another funeral. It wasn't about, you know, saying all the good parts about my grandfather's life and all the nice stuff about his family, nice stuff that he's done with his life, but it was about sharing the gospel because that was, that was my grandfather's heart. The thing was, his grampy wasn't a people person, so, you know, sharing the gospel with people didn't come so naturally to him. But he did everything in his power to see the gospel brought to people um, through through uh, just stuff that he would uh, donate to missions and work on projects in his own spare time so that missions could be furthered. And when the gospel was given, it was given so clearly uh, to the point where some people got upset, um, even members of the family. And that happening, it was an eye-opener to, you know, this is going to happen. The gospel isn't about, you know, running through a field of daisies. It's not about, you know, being happy all the time. It's about realizing the truth that we are lost and we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And um, that was just such an encouragement to me just to see how the faith of my grandfather, uh, the faith that I have, the faith that my family has, just to be able to be spread even in a time where a lot of people in the community um, who didn't have faith were feeling lost. But... Um, the pastor, Brian, he opened up the funeral very, very blatantly. He said, this is not a loss. A loss implies we don't know where someone is. And that was just really cool um, just to know that. And another verse, uh, same chapter, uh, verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Um, when, doing, oh, when going through Philippians, one of our assignments was is we were supposed to read the book in different translations. And forgive me, but I did read through the Good News translation. It was... It was fun. But uh, when it came to that verse, it said, may you always experience joy in your union with the Lord. And again, I'll say rejoice. And that just kind of put a different look on it. I had never really thought about it as, you know, just I got to be joyful and happy in every situation. It was be happy with your relationship with the Lord. Be in a position where your relationship with the Lord is what brings you joy uh, in your day-to-day -day life. Um, and just all that kind of stuff has been just kind of hanging on me lately. Um, just remembering that it's not about me. It's about what God is doing 
in me and through me uh, to reach other people. So that's, yeah, thanks. You can hang on to it. Just don't take it home with you. Thank you. It's always great, isn't it? Just to hear what God is doing in hearts and lives. And, um, and that should be a notice to the rest of the students here. <clears throat> we'll leave that one the way it is. All right. Well, tonight we want to kind of continue on a little bit, thinking through um, his names. And we've been talking through a number of them already. And we've got to this particular place where we've been talking about how wonderful he is. We sang a number of songs about him already, right? How wonderful. And that point is that he is amazing, extraordinary. Okay, just checking. And then this morning we started talking about his name, Counselor, in the fact that he will guide and direct us. That's the name. He is our Counselor. Tonight we want to talk a little bit about him being the mighty God. And when you think of the word mighty God, what comes to mind? Now, we flashed this screen up, I guess, this morning. We kind of concluded with that, talking a little bit about the area of counsel and how he does this in our lives. This was just a flash over, okay? There's a number of things in there that, you know, I mean, I'd like to talk with you. you got questions. That's what this is all about. But as we think of this, the five key areas of how God reveals himself to us, how he answers, how he gives us the advice and the guidance and direction. Everybody tracking here? Did that make sense? Any questions that you had regarding that? There were a number of verses there, and I think in the PowerPoint, the number three, oh, I did fix it. Okay, good. And... Uh, because in my own notes, they were really wacky. I couldn't figure out where that was in the Gospel of John, but I did find it. Um, any questions there? Those five areas, how he uses the Word of God in our lives. He uses prayer. He uses the Holy Spirit. He uses circumstances, the stuff of life. And then godly people. That's what that last one is there. I couldn't get godly in there because that little hole there, little spot there is too small. But godly is important. It's not just people. Any comments, thoughts? I don't want to take a lot of time here tonight, but if there was something that came up. We're all on the same page? Everybody okay? Make sense? The question that we kind of left ourselves with is when we get to that, and folks, it's not going to be a matter of if you're ever going to be at that point where you need to make another decision, okay? It's really boiling down to when. And this is something that may just be helpful for you. Because when should I make this decision? How should I make this decision? What happens if? There's all kinds of different things that go into it. But we can begin with confidence to be able to move when we have appropriated the ways that God uses to help us make decisions. That was the point of it. Okay? When we think of the word mighty God, that phraseology, okay? We're talking about God and taking care of the demands of our life. But when we talk about mighty God, what goes through your minds? His name shall be mighty God. All-powerful. In control. 
because he is God. Right? Tom, you want to say something? And the world right now is having a problem with that, aren't they? They're scrambling like crazy to make things happen. Uh, we got this Kyoto Accords back on the, on the docket again. And uh, coming from Ontario to New Brunswick, I noticed down here that you're not quite as far advanced as you really ought to be here, folks. I mean, come on. I mean, you got to catch up. I mean, we, it is, it, we are the ones. It is our fault why... The North Pole is melting. You know that. I mean, they, they keep telling us it's our fault. And somehow or other, we're going to change the climate. Do you not think maybe some of those guys ought to read that passage out of Job? I'm wondering, but I'm just, just me, just asking the question. Mighty God. Mighty God. It's not a superhero. Mighty God. Tonight. Is he? We sang that song also, I think, didn't we? And part of it was, isn't he? Now they had some of those kind of moved around a little bit, but that was cool the way that song, that was a great song to sing tonight. As we think of the word, the phraseology, we're talking about the powerfulness, the strong, the almighty God. It's not just the cares of this life that he is concerned about. Our God is mighty to save to the uttermost talk a little bit about that tonight because a lot of times when we think about the cares of this world we begin to think of you know the different demands that are upon us and you know what we've got a whack of demands don't we and god is interested in that we talked about that in the counseling as the counselor god is interested in giving us guidance and direction but when we begin to move down into this a little deeper, we begin to realize that our God is interested in even more than just our happiness. And in the midst of everything else, God is concerned about the souls of mankind. Because he wants to be more than just a genie in a bottle. You know, where we just kind of rub and we get three wishes. You know, the lucky rabbit foot type of approach. It's better than your key to a better life. He deals with the issue of life that no one else can. Nobody else can deal with the salvation of your soul. Jesus Christ is the mighty God. 
the one who can save to the uttermost. And as we think of Christmas, we think of his birth, but we also reflect upon the death of Jesus Christ and the reason why he had to come. And he proved himself to be that mighty God. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25 says this, Therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for us. That was in one of the verses this morning. It kind of caught my attention. And like linking these things together. I mean, it's, it's not something that I come up with. When you begin to look at these names, they're, they're interwoven. They're not just standalones. They grow on you. And you can begin to see them all throughout Scripture and how important it is for the people of God to know Him as wonderful and counselor, but also mighty God, able to save. Have you met those kind of people? Maybe it was you in the mirror. And it was like, nobody can help me. You're going to run across them in this county. It won't be long. It won't be far away. You'll meet them in Walmart. You'll see them at the gas bar. You'll see them all over the place. They'll come into your different businesses. And they just drip of this essence that there is no hope. I'm glad we have a name we can give them. We have a God who is mighty to save. He has the ability. He has the power to do it. It's important, folks, because when we look at our own report card in life, we begin to see that we are a complete failure. One of the key evangelists out there, can't remember the guy right offhand, this is what they use all the time is the Ten Commandments. You know the guy I'm talking about? I can't think of him. He's on YouTube all over the place. That's him, Ray Comfort, thank you. And I'm telling you, it is. if you ever want to have an entertaining evening, watch one of his YouTubes. If you need a little shot of boldness, this guy's got it on steroids. Because he'll pick the worst-looking dude out of the pack and stick a mic in front of him and say, now, let's talk about how good you are. Are you good enough to get into heaven? Oh, yeah, I'm good enough to get in. Well, have you ever broke any of the commandments? And then he starts going right down through the list and finally ends up saying, then, then that makes you a lion, thieving, adulterous, blah, blah. And right down the Ten Commandments, you're like, you would think they'd plow them. But you know what? There's not one person, once you get past the veneer, that doesn't realize, I can't make it on my own. For all the pearly gate stories that we've been given, all the jokes that have been told about when I get to heaven, I'm going to cut a deal with Jesus. I want you to know, deep down inside, if you ever get there, you know what I'm talking about. And for those of us that are in the business of being around people in those last moments of death, there is an obvious difference between somebody who doesn't know Jesus Christ and somebody who's about to walk into eternity without any hope.
Aren't you glad that our Jesus scored high? He is not a failure. Above and beyond reproach. He is the sinless Son of God. The mighty God for us. Mark chapter 2 and verse 7 says, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Do you remember? All through the Gospels, he was being ranged on for that very point. He even claimed, he even said, I am. Wow. No one else can do that. Almighty God. What a wonderful truth. What a wonderful name. Tonight we're going to just spend a few minutes as we kind of close up. I want you to take your Bibles, turn me to Colossians. Great passage. Where do you find a great passage of Scripture? Not just one verse, but a few verses. And tonight we'll read a little bit about how almighty he really is and what this means for us. Colossians chapter 1, great passage of Scripture, great book for you to look at every now and again. We're going to pick it up in chapter 1. We see the prayer of thanks that Paul is writing to these saints in verse 3. Um, we get down a little bit further. We see in verse 9, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father. And then we begin. How can this happen? I mean, when you consider all that's going on, how could that prayer... I mean, they must have been reading it just like we just heard it, and we're thinking, wow, that is an awesome prayer. But how could that ever be? There's only one way it could be. Because we see in verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And how did that happen? Keep reading. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. That, my friend, is salvation, is it not? That's what takes place in the heart and life of individuals. I have problems with my earpiece here. It'll go away eventually. He's delivered us from the dominion of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Is that not amazing? You consider all that we have in Christ because he is the mighty one, the mighty God. So we can continue to read and we pick it up at verse 15 and it talks directly about Jesus Christ. Reading from the English Standard Version in case some of you are trying to figure out where I am, okay? Um, <clears throat> it helps, I think. We've, we just kind of heard a little bit. Sometimes you read from a little bit different version. 
And again, we talked about this one a couple weeks ago in the fact that when we talk about translations, we want a word for word, and that's what we're dealing with here, King James, New American Standard, English Standard Version, okay? Listen, look as you, as you, uh, at your text. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities or all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Almighty God. There was no way that he would ever be able to save us if he truly was not God. And that right there is a stamp of who God is. We're not talking about royalty. Any royal watchers here tonight? There's lots on the tube about that. And we got little pictures of whatever his name is and blah, blah, blah. And wherever they go, they get the red carpet and, you know, the big car and the blah, blah, blah. But really, I'm, and again, I'm not picking on them, not trying to crush your bubble, but what do they really do? What do they really do? When we talk about Almighty God, we can see from the very beginning of time that he was involved, he was engaged, and he still is, and he will continue to be forever and ever and ever. Amen. God. The Mighty God. Verse 21, what does it mean to us? And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless above reproach before him. That is salvation. Do you have that confidence tonight? Are you looking for a Savior who will just get you out of the mess you're in? Or are you looking to a God, the God, who can truly save your soul? And make us holy and blameless and for us to grow. In him. Well, I don't know, as I think about it, um, only a mighty God could do this. Wouldn't you agree? Mighty God.
Well, I stopped partway through that passage. You want to read the rest? Sometimes we like to stop right there. But it's interesting, very intriguing. Look at verse 23. This is after this great glowing statement. And then it says, if indeed you continue in the faith. Stable, steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, which of which I, Paul, have become a minister. Wow. So does that mean that I could lose my salvation? I thought Hebrews 7 said that he saves to the uttermost. What does that mean? The uttermost people, the, the, the tribes way over there, that's who he saves? Or does he save forever for the uttermost? We're talking about forever. So how do we reconcile this then? What are we talking about? You got three minutes, and then we gotta go. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Amen. There is the element of profession versus possession. This text is not talking about that. If you look, there is a phrase, there's a word just before the word faith. Does anybody have a different word besides continue? Is that the only word that you have? Any other translation? If you continue in the faith. Another one? That's it? Continue? Everybody's with continue? That's the qualifier. The word continue has everything to do with growth. This is a growth principle. This is not about your assurance of salvation. This is about growing in your faith. And when we talk about it, remember those circles that I used earlier? We're growing up in our faith. We come to Christ and we have this wonderful, oh, it's like amazing who he is. And then we begin to realize that he is the counselor who can guide and direct in my life. And then we come to the place where we recognize that he can save to the uttermost. And it takes us a deeper place as we continue to think about him being the everlasting father and the Prince of Peace. When we stop 
growing, friend. That's when you and I are going to have the challenges. We are no longer going to be stable, steadfast, or have hope. We drop out of the game. This is where we are. This isn't where God is. God has saved us. But when we let go the foundations of our faith and allow the world to seep in and take and rob our joy and get offended and all kinds of different things that happen to people and we drop off, we're going to spend some agonizing days. Because we will no longer have a faith that works, according to James. This is why it's important for us to continue to grow up in Him. A great God, the mighty God, who has saved us to the uttermost. Why in the world would we ever want to turn our backs on Him? There is only one that can, and that is an apostate. Because the Word of God also tells us in Hebrews that if you are truly a son of God, God will chasten you as a son to restore you to Him. And there are some that will not allow God to grab their hearts and turn them around, and He's even taken them home prematurely. Mighty God. Serious stuff. I think in the area that when we talk to people about salvation, we need to make sure that we include the whole deal. And not just leave them thinking that somehow or other you can come the way you are and stay the way you want. Who would want to do that? When we can grow and mature in His name is Mighty God. Will you think of that this week as we go? And your faith is not dependent on you. It's dependent on what he has done. And for us to think anything different is a slap right across Almighty God's face. Don't do it. It'll only end in tears, I can tell you that right now. Christmas. We get into all the warm and the fuzzies, right? But I am so glad we have an anchor that anchors us and that will keep us in the faith as we continue stable and steadfast not shifting. Move ahead for his glory and honor. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the opportunity tonight. Key passage of scripture, just being mindful of the fact of who you are and all that you've done for us. Without your plan, we would still be in our sin trying to pay our own way. There is no way that we could ever cover what we have done. And you 
have rescued us. You have redeemed us. You have delivered us. You have transferred us. And we are on your page. We are members of your family. And may we not just slide in to eternity, but may we pay attention and be diligent. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen.